Greetings, dear viewers. Welcome to the live conversation on Aladra TV. The live interviews have been conducted within the Creative Society project. It is a unique global project which has been initiated by people themselves on a the volunteer basis. The goal of the project is to achieve creative society by peaceful means, such kind of society where each person involved will live happy and live in comfort and have everything necessary for living. You may find out more about uh, the project on alatriaunites.com. And currently, by conducting these interviews, we implement the first foundation, first stage of building such creative societies, informational stage. And the more people will find out about this initiative, the faster it will be implemented. We invite guests to our program, they invite their friends and acquaintances, and thus this creative chain goes on. And today we have such a beautiful example when in the previous broadcast we had with us Samita Sparkles, and she invited our today's guest. So it's our pleasure to welcome today uh, Malur Billy. She is a speaker, trainer, and coach, and her field of activity is emotional intelligence. Welcome to our program. Could you please tell us more about yourself? Uh, hi, Irina. Hi, Olga. Thank you very much for having me uh, in this space. I'm, I'm really honored. Um, yeah, my name is Malur. I've been in the training and learning and uh, facilitation industry basically all that you have said in the last 20 years. And my area of uh, specialization, rather passion, uh, is known as emotional intelligence, right? Um, which is uh, pretty popular now. Uh, it, it's basically what I think, um, what it means to be the core of being a human, right? And um, as you might know, Daniel, uh, Daniel Goleman is the one who popularized the idea of emotional intelligence because he found that he wanted to know what's the formula for success and he coined the word emotional intelligence because he found that people who were emotionally intelligent, i.e. they had the competencies, were successful. And success here is not um, material success, right? Success here means, you know, you're doing well in life, you are happy, you're well, you are healthy, and you're having functional relationships, right? So where your life is, Fulfilling, I would say, right? So um, that would be a very quick introduction, a non-technical introduction of uh, emotional intelligence. Thank you. What so else much. would you like to know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Could you share with us what is your personal inspiration? What drives you in your in your work in your life? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I got into the field of uh, the field that I'm in now because, um, well, I fell in love with um, one program that I attended many, many years ago, well, 20 over years ago. And um, I set out into the world ideally to think, I actually believed that I could change the world through training uh, and education. So that's how um, I got into the training world. But I think what's more important is what keeps me here, right? And uh, I think if you think about the field of education. So when I was a little girl, my um, ambition had always been to be a teacher, right? And I didn't make it into any of the teaching institutions, right? And, um, and you know, when I had so-called accepted uh, the corporate part, I fell in love with training again, which is also uh, one form of uh, teaching. And I think um, teaching 
or imparting any form of knowledge um, is, is such a beautiful, noble thing to do because you empower individuals to be the best versions of themselves. And, and I think that is the core human need, the search that we are all for, right? Um, we're all looking for meaning uh, through our jobs, through our vocations, through our personal roles that we have. And with education, we are able to shorten the cycle of learning, which means that chances of us living an optimized life, a fulfilling life to finding ourselves and our meaning in life gets much faster. And what does that mean? The faster you arrive at a specific point, you would be able to self-pack the society, right? The, the one that, you know, got you there in the first place your community. Uh, and I think uh, that, well, that's what excites me. You know, I'm, I'm a very firm believer that uh, there's a hero who resides in every one, every individual. And our journey is to actually find that. And teaching as a profession is, is a, a, an amazing profession that helps people to get in touch with themselves in the way they want to get in touch with themselves. Thank you so much for sharing. And you said that you wanted to be a teacher, so you wanted to help people, right? Uh, I don't know whether I was thinking about helping. I just enjoyed teaching from a very young age. And perhaps because I was not a great student when I was, um, I have never been a great student, that's more like it. So you know how people label themselves now? I, I think when I was growing up, there was no labeling. You were either clever or stupid. So I didn't fall into the clever category, neither did I fall into the stupid category because I was very hardworking. But I think I faked a lot of my success. Like I didn't know how to read, but you know, I would memorize and people would think that I know how to read, right? And um, I was very, very blessed because uh, when I was in primary five, I had an amazing teacher who helped me to really learn, to understand, uh, to get the right skills and to really be able to learn. So I was not faking it anymore. And that was empowering because you begin to realize that if you know how to learn anything that you want to learn, you can empower yourself in any way that you want, right? So perhaps, you know, I've not thought about it um, very much. But it's, it's like, you know, I think I'm just born with the soul of a teacher, perhaps, you know, uh, like whether, even when I'm not teaching, I, I can't see people struggling because I think if you can show them how to do it, then people don't struggle. So I think more than being a teacher, um, I have difficulty watching people in pain, any form of pain, right? And um, teaching is one way that you can help people ease their own pains, um, empower themselves, be independent, and do what they want to do. You know, it's a, it's a self-help tool that you give people, right? And, and that's the first time I've thought about it that way. So thank you for the question. So I think it's not the teaching. I think it is the empowering. And anything that um, empowers people inspires me. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this. And you know, you said that teaching is a fun and very interesting job. I also 
think it's very responsible job because uh, you know they say that word can heal and a word can kill and uh, it's a big responsibility teacher has because it has an influence on other people teacher coach and so on so if you empower people and uh, let them like evoke their inner power uh, inner uh, abilities then it's uh, it's just the best thing you can do for people and uh, in your opinion um, how each person can achieve well-being and happiness in life so that's the interesting thing right um because it all depends what we mean by happiness so i think we have been sold on to what i call a deep fake idea of happiness um you know how there's this uh, thing about deep fakes that look better and nicer and more enticing than the truth so we've been sold um over and over again with a deep fake of happiness as to what makes you happy uh, but i like to think about happiness as a state it's not a destination right and happiness is every time you find meaning right you find joy in what you do uh you find happiness right and when you are happy you're well right you can't have one without the other right because if you're not well it's really difficult to be happy so depending on the definition of uh, what people say is happiness you know because happiness doesn't show up as a laughter all the time right uh happiness is really knowing that everybody is safe everybody is uh, uh with their loved ones everyone has got food to eat and everyone has an equal opportunity to live their dreams that life is fair to them right uh and and so that's what happiness means to me uh and and not what i would call the deep fake happiness where i need to have these things before i can be happy So one of those things that I had to reflect upon is that the fact that happiness is the result of the way we live our life right it is not the cause so if you want happiness you need to ask yourself uh, what is that that gives me through meaning and i will say through joy because we find joy in meaning right and with that um, comes well-being all right and i think well-being is a lot more complex and one of those ideas you know a few days ago i was watching a movie with my children and there was this story of you know i'm i'm sure you'd have heard of this story about you know this kid asking the grandfather you know why are some people good and some people bad and he says well there we all of us have two sides to us the dark side and the light side and the child asked the grandfather so um, you know why do some people become good and some people become bad and the grandfather say it depends what you feed right which which part of you that you feed and usually the story stops there that you feed your good part right um but you know a few days ago i was reflecting can you also overfeed your good part all right or under we 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 talk about undernourishing our good parts but can you also overfeed and what do i mean by that by overfeeding is that there are a lot of people who are really good who suffer right uh we suffer because we take on the responsibility of someone else 
we become a caretaker of someone else's happiness and by not empowering them. Right? We do it in the name of love, but you know, we suffer the consequences because not only you are living um, the life for someone else, making choices for somebody else and taking responsibility for someone else, right? You're overfeeding your goodness. And uh, so that's, that's, that's one thing that is um, currently something that I think about a lot because if you look at well-being, you know, there are a lot of good people who suffer from ill-being because they don't know how to say no uh, and they take too much. They take much more than they should. Because uh, they, they think, you know, I, I'm here to do these things. And they stretch themselves to a point of uh, not getting enough rest, to a point of illness, all right? And to a point of suffering. And I don't think being good means to suffer, all right? It's like and, if and you, sorry. Sorry, sorry. It's you like think? if you put yourself in uh, dependence on what our circumstances are, or if this person feels good or happy, then I'm happy, uh, or circumstances are good, then I'm happy. So if you, we put ourselves in dependence on uh, different things, it means we'll never be happy because there is always something, you know, you can yeah. find that should be fixed before you happy. So is it a yeah. choice to be happy? Sorry, so that's one. But the other one is that when we overcare, we don't allow the other person to have a full life because you're living on their behalf. And that's what I mean by overfeeding, right? Because I don't let you experience life. I don't let you make the right or wrong choices. I don't let you live your life, right? Mm -hmm. And and that that is... Uh, the part about um, overcare where people suffer, right? Um, so your question was whether happiness is a choice. I think happiness is dependent on the choices you make in your life and how conscious you are about the choices. And these choices are important and you can't make these choices if you're not aware, if you don't know who you are. What do you stand for? Why are you here? What is important for you? What gives you joy? And I am... I don't, we don't need many people who think about it that way. I think in the maybe perhaps previous generations, um, we had time to grow up. And I think the sad thing about young people is because you guys are really clever, right? Because there's a lot of progress in education. And so you come across very sophisticated in the way you learn, in the way you express. And I think there's a lot of pressure for young people who sound intelligent to also emotionally mature quickly. And I think that's unfair to the young people because we don't allow them to live their life and figure it out. It, it seems like everything is figured out for you in textbooks, in assignments, in your university degrees. And just because you read about it, you should know how to live it. Whereas I think where I come from, I think I'm on the luckiest side because I had time to grow up. I had time to make mistakes, right? And that formed my experience. I had time to fail. I had time to pick myself up because I had enough time that was given to me as part of the growing up process, which I, I think a lot of young people, especially if they come 
from a space where they are given opportunities, the expectations are extremely high on them. So on one hand, you're criticized for being privileged. On the other hand, the price of privilege is also very high. And that's something we don't talk about because we often talk about the underprivileged, right? Uh, and, and I think what is equal in one situation may not be equal in another situation. So I think it is really about giving every individual, every, every human, every soul a right to find itself, to find meaning. Yes, I completely agree with you that happiness is interconnected with the understanding who you are and what you are here for with the meaning of life. Yeah. And in the beginning, you also nicely said about that happiness is a state. It mm. not depends on your uh, external circumstances. It's uh, what you found inside you. Yep, yep. Yeah. And it's definitely easier said than done because I think if we watch people or when we meet people who go through difficult circumstances, um, their definition of happiness is different because they're just happy connecting within to be a wholesome person within, right? Because that's what you find when you have nothing external to connect with. Whereas I think what, what's happening now, we have so many distractions externally that we think that is happiness and when the external factors go missing right uh you feel lost because you've never reconnected within with yourself you don't know what it means to be a whole person on your own right and we all know we are social beings we need each other but uh, but first you know i need to appreciate myself i need to i always say this you know i want to be my most favorite person because if i become my most favorite person if i really really like myself right at the end of the day when when i go home and i look into the mirror and i'm like i really like the person i'm seeing in the mirror right uh i'm not too sure if there's greater joy than that because beyond that is your inner circle you know people who know you who accept you wholly for who you are despite your weakness, despite your, you know, shortcomings. Now, when there's that acceptance, then there's really an amazing amount of joy because you are comfortable with yourself knowing that you are imperfect. And I always say this, right? It's okay to be imperfect, but it's not okay to be incomplete. All right? So whoever we are at this point of time, at any moment, any given time, we need to be in a space to say wherever I am, I am okay because I am complete as I am, right? And the seek for perfection is, is the one that, you know, a lot of times brings about low self-esteem, low self-confidence, unfair, unrealistic expectation and unhappiness, right, of different forms. Thank you. It's very inspiring to listen to you oh. <laughs> and uh, get new understandings about uh, the things you had already understood. You bring it, you know, to a different level by saying what you said. And um, I just want to ask you, how do you envision the creative society? Such a society where every person on earth would live in prosperity, happiness, would feel safe, what values should prevail in such a society? 
Well, more than what value should prevail, I think uh, what is amazing when I was introduced to to the the you know foundations is that you've actually described what heaven on earth will be like, right? <laughs> because if I mean it is really making heaven out of uh, the earth that we live in because we have obviously made it into a hell, right? By living probably the opposing values. Right, where uh, some people are more superior than the other, um, some people have more than the others, some people are more privileged, some people are disrespected. So, the the value of every individual is very materially defined. Right, not everybody has the fair and equal access to um, the earth abundance in every way right um so i mean i love i love all your uh, fundamentals because what what these are aspirations for for the world i mean anyone in uh who has ever been in a less privileged environment and i don't mean materially right not just materially because i think Sometimes whenever we talk about being less privileged, some people may have a lot of um, materialism, they may have a lot of uh, financial security, but they may not have the privilege of choosing the life that they want, choosing to be the person that they want, because there's just so much of pressure to be what the world around you wants you to be. Right? And if you come from a successful family, uh, you know, the need that you need to be more successful than that financially. And I, and I think that's so stressful, right? So I think the idea of equality, the idea of optimal living, the idea of your best version, right, differs from every individual. And every individual, despite our uh, differences, needs an equal opportunity to live out our call, our vocation, our mission, and our vision that we envisage, right? And that means in the beginning of our life, we need to get a good, good enough foundation to figure these things out so that when we go into adulthood, we can live it out. And when we go into senior adulthood, we can pass it on, right? Uh, but, you know, we don't get those spaces of, you know, spending the childhood understanding yourself. That's, that's your school days, right? Because there's hardly anything that is being taught about understanding ourselves, right? You probably get lucky in the university if you're doing psychology or uh, a program on people, right? But that's just one or two subjects. They don't teach you the art of living. The art of living is supposed to be your base, right? And then based on the art of living, I think in the adulthood, you begin to see how to put that into practice in the jobs that we take up. Right in 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 bringing out our talent, right, and if you do it successfully, well enough in your adulthood, uh, and when you go into your senior years, you then show other people, pass it on to them, and say, "Let me pass on some of the things I have learned, so that your learning cycle is shorter." And for me, that's progress. Every time, every, when when a generation actually. Uh, progresses, that means they develop faster because the previous generation passed on the wisdom, not having to reinvent the cycle. 
right? Um, I, I I suppose you know if if we can do that in every community in our own way, I think that would be fantastic. And well, we might actually save the earth and have heaven on earth. Yes, and that's why it's so important what we will pass on to our generations, right? And you already mentioned about the eight foundations of creative society, and I would like to tell those who uh, just turned this video uh, on for the first time that on alatraunites.com uh, uh, website was published an article with stages and foundations of building creative society where eight foundations was described on how society should uh, function in the social spheres. And this is an opinion of thousands of people uh, because we had the possibility to interview thousands of people from different countries of the world and uh, depending on their answers. And these understandings and foundations was described. And we would like to talk to you today on uh, several of them. We know that you get familiar with them and um, you choose to discuss development of personality foundation. We would like to read it out and you to comment on it. So every person in creative society has the right to comprehensive development and personal fulfillment. Education should be free and equally accessible to all, creating conditions and expanding opportunities for a human to implement his or her creative abilities and talents. Uh, what you would like to say in this regard? Well, I, I think more than what I, I, I would like to say, you have defined it so perfectly in your definition, as it says, right? Um, you know, just imagine a world, uh, again, from the time a child is born, that a child is given the best opportunity to find itself, to find herself and himself. And that is really development of personalities, right? And that takes uh, a combination of many factors than just sending them to school, right? Uh, we are looking at, you know, the caretakers, you know, whether they come from uh, the parents, first and foremost, whether they are having functional relationships, right? Uh, it, you know, because we know that when children are brought up in functional families, right, uh, in between the imperfections, right, if, with the functional families, they will develop a wholesome personality, right? When where the parents or the caretakers are not imposing, yeah, their own vacuum in life over their children. So from the time they are born, right? And whether the system within our organization even allows space for that, right? Because uh, but in this part of the world, you know, um, you know, both the parents work. All right, and we go back to work as soon as we can because we, um, you know, we want to keep, um, the, you know, keep keep our job, and we don't have extended families the way we used to have them those days, right? So can you imagine? Already in the beginning, the child may not have a safe foundation because it all depends who is the caretaker, all right? So I think from that perspective, and then we talk about education, right? When does the child start education and whether the child has an equal opportunity to the best form of education that is available in the community. And that seldom happens, right? Because if you are not privileged, financially underprivileged, then you will go to an underprivileged school because that's the closest to your home. 
right? And if you go with other underprivileged children, um, you may not know what the greatest standards are. So are the teachers. So there are so many things that is not equal, right? Just in the way, in the space, the child gets to grow up, the child um, gets to develop herself, you know, in, in that space. And then, you know, this disparity just increases over time, right? And here, you know, recently I was working with a group of uh, young graduates. You know, we, we talk about perception, the ones who uh, get to go to private universities or study overseas are perceived to be better. They get employed faster, they get employed at a higher salary, right? So what happens is the discrimination that starts, I would say, at birth, right, only gets greater in life because at every point, the harder you work, you don't necessarily get an equal opportunity. So with education put in place, which is development of the individual itself and equal opportunities for a good education system, right? That that child needs, right? Will then get them off on a ground where I won't say equality, but at least um, there is more hopefulness in bridging the gap over at least a generation. Otherwise, it takes a couple of generations, two to three generations for you to just play catch up. All right. And I'm not even sure whether, whether that can be done uh, with the disparity of, of income and abilities just becomes just so much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's the thing about, you know, uh, being able to, to really spend time on development of um, the individual a lot because sometimes when you're from the underprivileged background and at least you get your personality well developed you will uh, you know have a stronger fighting spirit to probably you know ask for what was yours in the first place when you were born as a citizen of the earth right again that's ideal yeah right i agree with you absolutely that's when it comes like like you said if you come from less privileged family and you don't have access to all the best education and so on some people still able to develop and uh, being very positive strong leaders and uh, so on so um what i wanted to ask uh it's, it's important, what I want to say, it's important uh, when you have people around to support you. And uh, it's always, always important for people to communicate and, uh, you know, respect each other's personality. Um, what do you think each person can do in order to change the world for better? Wow. Um, I, I think... You know, if you do come from a privileged background, right? If you've had life a little bit easier, probably it is just to pause and think, you know, since I had it so easy, what can I do to contribute uh, as thanksgiving to the life that I'm given, right? Uh, and, I mean, that's, that's what I wish. Uh, again, I think people who search for meaning 
will figure that out. That will figure that out. Because you'll find that people who naturally have struggled through life, um, usually there's uh, two pathways that you can take. So you would meet people who have had a hard life and say, life was hard for me, so I will make it harder for you. Because I had it the hard way and, you know, I don't see why you need it any easier, right? But there is uh, an amazing group of people where, you know, their life is hard. And because they know the pain, they feel the pain, they end the cycle. They choose to end the cycle by saying, because it was so painful and I know I didn't like it, I am going to end it with me because I won't pass the pain on. And some people, what they do is not only they end the cycle and they don't pass the pain on, they go around empathizing, feeling for other people and healing people who are similar to them. It's almost like going back to your own past wounds and say, if I heal you, a part of me heals, right? And, and, and so it's really, you know, whether you're privileged or not, I think it's, it's not a matter of whether you're privileged or not, because I've seen good people from both sides. So have I seen the dark side of both sides too. So I don't think it's where you come from. I think with every part of your life journey, every event that shapes you, whether you pause and say, what does it mean? Why am I being in this space? What can I learn? What have I received? And, and I think one of those things that like, we really need to think about is, could I have had such a good life? Could I have survived? Could I have thrived and be the person I am if I didn't receive gifts from other people? You can have all the money in the world, but when you have a good teacher, all the money in the world cannot buy you a good teacher. It can buy you teachers, right? So, you know, there are good people whom we meet in life. You know, they are, they, these are angels walking on earth as human in different forms, right? And I'm very sure all of us have met someone who have extended themselves because they wanted to reach out to us to make our life better, help us for no good reason. Not because we deserved it, but because it was a gift. And if we have received so many gifts to be in a good space that we are, why can't we pass on that joy? Because the joy of giving is a lot more than the joy of receiving. But you need to know that you have received so that you're able to give. Because a lot of people don't understand that they have received. They think it was theirs in the first place. Right? And that's a, that, that's a huge difference in mindset because if I come in and I say, this is mine, it was meant to be mine, you know, then there, there is no experience of receiving. And if I haven't received, I have no gratitude. And if I have no gratitude, how am I going to have compassion to know what it feels to give, right? So there's a lot of um, thing that goes into before someone says, you know, I want to live my life uh, this way. And it's really not being noble. I think it's just being human, right? I mean, think about it, right? If our parents were not givers, we wouldn't have had a, a body to come into, right? At some level, 
someone decided at that one moment that you know i'm just going to give this a shot they may have done a good job they may not have done a good job but it all started off with a positive thought of you know let's give life right and so we give life to to what we give our energy to right because we are giving out our energy anyway but you know what way what where are you giving your energy out is 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 the question right because all of us have the same amount of time right and energy and talent and where do we use it and what impact it it has for people yes i completely agree with you if you experience something if you've been through something you have to then help people share it and thus if all people would share and help others we would already have this ideal world thank you so much for sharing these understandings and i would like to ask you how um, do you think it is important to conduct such interviews to talk people about creative society and to spread this idea Oh of course because I think what you are doing is amazing because I mean look at me I was just telling you I would have never dreamed um to have met you all under normal circumstances so if it is not Samita who was uh, I believe was on the show and if she didn't reach out to me and say would you like to do this right I'm so glad I said yes uh, if she didn't do that for me we won't be connected right and I don't know who is watching but I think at core when we connect more people we get more people to talk about their aspirations of the kind of world we want to create we spread the energy because I don't know if you will really meet someone who say I want a messed up world and a messed up earth and messed up human beings whether I'm going to work towards it or not it's secondary but everyone wants a better world better people to deal with right and you know we we thrive for idealism i think everybody thrives for idealism until practically uh, practical practicality takes over right we become practical human beings because the the ideals are sometimes very difficult so i think everybody should be introduced to uh, creative society and your eight fundamentals because these are fundamentals that um, will make everyone's heartbeat differently better but most importantly i think what's really nice is that you know you could, we could we could look different on the outside we could have we it could seem that we have different cultures different beliefs right um different food you know we can be different in so many ways but at core through the fundamentals that you're propagating you're bringing in to show the world that we are at core the same and that i think that's important because uh we are robbed of peace because people tell us the fact that we are different right and if we want to bring about peace we need to reconnect with our similar aspirations and i think that's what you're doing and and i'm so grateful that you know i got to know you because if it's not for samita i may not have known you right Thank you so much. I actually very grateful for you to be here today with us and Irina and you know all our technical support from different countries and uh, I'm also very grateful for have this opportunity even to connect with you to talk to find out your opinions and uh, you know what you think about uh, life people happiness it's all very very interesting and uh, I think we can talk for hours
in our interview. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, Samita Sparkles invited you to this interview and uh, thanked her so much. And uh, that's uh, what I wanted to explain, how it works, that we are testing the theory of six handshakes. And uh, the theory means that we all connected within five or less social connections. And uh, in order to continue this chain, uh, I would like to ask you to name one person that you would like to meet on our next live broadcast. Only one, huh? Uh, no, you can <laughs> invite more. <laughs> <laughs> and and must, must it be uh, from Malaysia? Not no, necessarily. Not at all. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I put so many good friends, I think, who should be on this show, right? Uh, and I'll give you all their names uh, separately. Uh, but right now, um, I have a group of women that I, you know, we work with, and they are known as the Foundation uh, Health and World. So I have two great friends there who are advocating uh, mental health in this, you know, in this part of the world. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Sangeeta and uh, uh, Dato Alia. So these are two people that I think you would have a great time with because they've just founded uh, Yayasan Health and World. And, and I think it's, it's an amazing thing that they're trying to do to create awareness in this part of the world, right? Um, I'm not too sure whether you've Thank heard you. of uh, initiatives of change. Um, I, I was in India beginning of this year doing some work for them in uh, this specific place called Nagaland. Um, I think you should invite the leaders from there. There's one particular person called Nikitu uh, in his 80s and he's, living an exemplary life of leadership, right? By being there for his people and giving back um, all he can to the to the society, to the community. So that's uh, another person that I can think of and I can give you another 10 names um, later. <laughs> because I'm, I'm very, very blessed. Awesome. To, yeah, yeah, I am very blessed um, to be in a space where there are so many like-minded people. So you're asking me for a name, I've given you three names and I'll give you more if you want. Yeah, that's great. Of course, it's uh, obviously it's hard to choose one person out of all like-minded people, you know. <laughs> it is so difficult. I mean, we, we have a lot of friends who are doing, who are advocating different types of work and different kind type of, um, you know, advocating different topics that needs to, to be discussed, you know, for the underprivileged, for the women, for the men, you know, um, and and there's just so much of work that needs to be done, which falls within the fundamentals, right? And yeah, anyway, so yes, I'll give you the names, and now you have got two names, and I'm sure uh, when you meet them, you will agree with me. Thank you so much. At the end of our program, we ask our uh, guests, what would you like to wish to all our viewers? Um, well, because I I am an advocate for emotional intelligence, right? Uh, what would I wish? I would actually really wish for people to reach out to who they really are in the way they were made, uh, to wake up every morning to being their best version, to be their most favorite people, right? And seize every opportunity that they have right with whatever talents that they have and know that you know we are all enough 
as we come into this world, as we live our life. And I think if we can look at ourselves that way that we are enough, I think we will look at every other human being enough. And that's a great starting place for a human-to-human connection, where we finally connect at a human level, person to person. That would be my way. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the whole interview, for all your understandings and sharings. This is really interesting and inspiring. And as you said uh, as well, that everybody, everybody wants to live better. And this is true. And for now, our purpose is to inform, is to let people know that there is such a project, there is such a possibility to live better. And we can unite on this platform, Creative Society, unite for the purpose of one common idea. And I would like to tell those who uh, don't know about the Creative Society project yet, that you may visit alatreunites.com and click their Join button your contact information and let us know if you support Creative Society. And thus you can also become one of thousands, millions of people who already changed the world for the better and uh, do it already today. And we wanted um, to ask you, Muller, to ask, uh, to invite you, to invite everyone who is watching this to the conference, which is will take place on December 20, 2020. And it's going to be about creative society and the ways how we can achieve it. And we would like to watch with you now the short trailer invitation to this conference and we'll see you all there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Every day we share a great amount of information. This information forms our reality. Is this the way we wish to live? We need change. The change starts with us, with the information we share. Consumerist society leads us to death. We need a new vector of life, a creative society. It is up to you and me to build a creative society worldwide, where human life is the main value. Development of humanity is the main aim. Human safety is the main priority. Is it possible to build a creative society now? Yes. All we need to do is unite in one common idea. A creative society. People around the world are already acting to share the idea of creative society with the whole world to make it a reality. Learn how on the unique international online conference, Creative Society, United We Can, December 20th, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, live on Alatra TV. You are the one who can change the future.